Chris Hahn here on the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. We don't just talk about progressive politics. We tell you how to win because that's what being an aggressive progressive is. Check us out every Tuesday. New episodes on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss a week. The Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. Good afternoon, Cliff. Good afternoon to you, Bobo. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. How's it going up there? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm just celebrating the international intergalactic holiday that is today. MMBD. That's right. MMBD. It is September 2nd when we're recording this, and that means it is Matt Moneymaker's birthday. Yeah, baby. Happy birthday, Matt. Happy birthday, brother. Love you out there, wherever you are, because I know you're not listening, so I can say whatever you want. So, <laughs> I know. Yeah, Matt's got, yeah, like, he's not going to listen to our podcast. Even if he's on it, he wouldn't listen to it. But got to love him for it. You don't got to, but it sure, it sure helps get along with him if you love him for what he does. He's the best. He's the best. So anything else exciting going on, Bobs? You want to share anything going on? Well, I got to go out with Bart for a few nights. Oh, that's right. That's right. How was that? Um, it was cool. I mean, we always have a great time. You know, we just talk like football and sports about Bigfoot and nerd. Yeah, right. <laughs> Says the guy that got excited about rings of power. I'm calling the football guys nerds. How do you like them tables turned? <laughs> I don't. But yeah, we the very last night we went, we snuck into a spot down in the redwoods in the Redwood National Park and climbed up on the side of a, a hillside. And after a few hours. We were doing whoops and stuff and a few knocks. And then um, Bart just had yelled, hey! And we got a weird kind of like a subtle knock and like a harder, like it sounded like, to me, I thought it was a bear because I heard something down a ways. It was about probably 150 yards away on the other side of the creek. And uh, I thought I thought it was maybe a bear. You couldn't tell for sure. But Bart, anyways, it goes, bam, like it. Like it was, it was a knock sound, but it could have been a bear like pushing through something, and like a, you know, a branch let loose that was pinned back or something, and whacked into something else. It sounded kind of like that to me. Bart thought it was more of an, an exploratory knock, like a tentative knock that kind of went tap, like double tap, like a tap kind of. It was weird. We got this weirdest vocalization. I don't know what it was, dude. It sounded like something with lips going, like imitating a zipper, like. And it was right, it was close to us. And we were both like, oh, we thought for sure, like it was such a weird sound. We thought for sure. And it sounded like it was breathing, like it was an outward breath going through lips that made like a zipper sound or something. But we never, we couldn't see anything. And then um, Bart's thermal started, my thermal equipment, uh, I used a fast charge um, for my computer on my thermal because it's the same C type charge. I guess it. I guess it didn't take because it said it was charging. But then when we got out there, there was mine was totally dead. Then Bart's because he uses it so much. His 
$7,000 one all of a sudden got like that circle in the middle and went dim on the sides. Oh, okay. So we thought for sure we were going to get action. Like we were like, this is it. Like mine's not working. Yours isn't working that good. They're coming in for sure. <laughs> and then uh, I, I spoke to Bart a little bit. He said that you guys tried that that driving technique again. Dude, Bart sat back there for hours just with that. Because that's a heavy therm to hold up, you know, to your eye the whole time. Oh, yeah. yeah he's got, like, it's a full-on binocular. It probably weighs like four or five pounds. Yeah, he's got carpal tunnel syndrome. And, like, he has to go to see a physical therapist for his fingers and hand and wrist. And of course, for people who don't know, we're talking about Bart Cotino. He's been a guest on Bigfoot and Beyond before on episode 14, if you want to go back and listen to it. One of our best friends and just one of the best all-around dudes in general on the planet that I'm aware of, at least. Yeah, love the guy. and just cannot get enough Bigfoot. And he does his Bart Fest thing where he invites friends out. I had one night with him at the Blueberry Bog before he went up and hung out with everybody. And I guess Bobo caught the back end of it, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he brings a pizza oven with him and cooks pizzas. He's like the full Sicilian, hardcore Sicilian. And his dad's like a famous chef, so he knows how to cook everything. And he's making these homemade, handmade pizzas out there in the woods. Yeah, how rad is that? Like he brings a full-on pizza oven. <laughs> it's propane-powered, but yeah, it's a full-on pizza oven. And he's, he's hilarious, <laughs> totally fun, awesome pizza, great time in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he, he did a lot. Of, we did. We put in some hours driving at night. Like I, I thought we had a really good shot of getting something. We did. We did have a good shot. We just we didn't. I mean, it's just you know, it's a couple nights. You're not. It's not the best odds. But I, dude, I have no doubt if we did that, what we were doing that night, every night for a year, we'd get we'd definitely get some kind of squatch action on there. Yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of hours spent in the woods, hours logged in the in the habitat, right? Yeah. Well, cool, man. It sounds like you had a great week. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of great in general, we have a fantastic guest on today. I've been excited about this one. I've been talking about having her on for quite a while. Um, she's kind of a, I'll let her describe herself, actually, but she's into the Bigfoot thing. She's into the UFO thing. She's into the paranormal thing in general. Um, and she she's a familiar face to anybody who's interested in any of this stuff. Small town monsters. Small town monsters, right. And just a general, all-around cool person. So um, everybody out there, please welcome Shannon Legros. To Bigfoot and Beyond. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Shannon. Hello, guys. Pleasure to speak to you. Thanks for having me on. I got to say, you're you're tied for my favorite podcast host. That that means a lot coming from you. And yeah, thank you so much. Well, what that actually means is a battle royale that we're going to try to set up because there can be only one. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, Shannon. <laughs> in case in case our listeners don't know, she has a Into the Fray podcast, which covers all the weird stuff but uh she's she's especially fond of the bigfoot it's her favorite but she covers all the rest too yeah biggies are my favorite i always say they're they're biggest and hairiest in my heart no matter what else may come down the pipeline <laughs> <laughs> but that's not your only thing i mean that may maybe the bigfoot may take number one spot but you delve into pretty much everything on the podcast and in your uh, other pursuits as well is that correct Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, you pretty much already said it, but I do, I do some UFO encounters on Into the Fray. I think that's prob that probably takes the the lowest rung. It just kind of happens that way. And I, I do feel like there's plenty of UFO podcasts out there and I'm not trying to, to be a UFO pod. But yeah, I talk Fay, hauntings, and Bigfoot, of course. And then, but then when it comes to the paranormal and just general high strangeness, I think some of my favorite encounters that have come on the show are just 
the random one-offs, like you can't put it in the in the cryptid box, or maybe you can. We just we definitely don't have any kind of name for it yet. And these are just the the craziest one-offs you've ever heard of. And whoever comes on the show to share those, they believe they've seen those and experienced those. So yeah, I'd, I'd say those rank up there too with the Bigfoot shows. Bigfoot's my favorite in any way, shape, or form. But underneath that are these really random one-offs. Didn't you have someone said they saw reptilians, right? Was that uh, Rob Christofferson's episode where he he didn't think it was a maybe a reptilian like as far as an alien goes, but it was it was kind of a cryptid that would be closer to this type of a thing that you're you're mentioning. Is that the one that you were thinking of, Bobo? Yeah, yeah. He saw it under a uh, next to a house one night driving home. Yeah, that would definitely count as a one off. Well, now what about um, something that's been crossing my desk occasionally, a lot more than I ever thought it would, by the way. Um, And when I say occasionally, perhaps three or four times now in my few century career here, um, are are these giant owl things. Not mothmen particularly, you know, not that kind of thing, but giant seven, eight foot tall owls. Have you been uh, encountering folks who've been seeing these things? Maybe not specifically those, although I have had people come on that have seen a pterodactyl-like creature. I've had actually several of those. Like Thunderbird sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And to them, they're going, I know what I saw. And this wasn't just some random overgrown Amazon parrot. This is, it had the bony protrusion and it had a tail and it had, it had bat-like wings and of course to me i'm like going well at least it's not the jeepers creepers dude but you know the let's avoid that if we can but but yeah they so the the large owls i think that would be pretty amazing to see but i also do think that that could be just a known creature i think that people they get kind of in their own heads and i'm not trying to debunk anybody that's had a sighting like this i'm just saying that for me I've been around some pretty big old birds and I think that if you see them flying at certain angles or, you know, whatever the situation was, it could be a situation where you're going, well, it was probably something pretty, pretty darn normal. Well, you know, you said you've been around quite a few uh, weird things in general, big big birds being one of them. Um, But uh, for people who aren't familiar with you, I suppose we should do the just regular, how the hell did you get into all this weird stuff um, sort of gig, uh, sort of speech here. So um, very briefly, um, because I'm more interested in what you're doing now, but how did you get in all this? I I did run across a couple um, references to you having a very strange experience as a child. Is that what pushed you this direction or how did it start? Absolutely. Yeah. So it would have been around 92, 93. I would have been 12 or 13. And we would go out to Duck Creek, Utah to my dad's cabin. And we'd either do two things. It was fishing or or riding four-wheelers. And I was riding my four-wheeler without my helmet on one midday. And I looked off into the forest and I saw four pitch black shadow, what we now call shadow people, shadow figures running in the woods. And uh, it was only a it was a good five seconds, a full five seconds, which was enough for me to ascertain that there's a whole lot out literally running parallel with us that we just don't always get to see. And they didn't interact with me. I always say that it would have been a much different experience had they done that. They didn't look over and wave or give me the old wink. I didn't even get the idea that if if I could even see them turn their heads, uh, there was no definition to anything, but 
they just were there for five seconds running, keeping pace with me, which was odd. And then I looked to check my path and look back to them and they were just gone. And so it was five seconds and that was it. How close were they? I would say 25 to, I'd say around 25 yards, maybe 30 tops. And um, being the guy I am, I have to ask, what makes you think those weren't Sasquatches? Yeah, I get that. And I, I do get that question quite a bit. And what they were running through and the way that they were running it really did look very normal in the way that their arms and legs were moving. Now, why beings from a parallel dimension, if that's what they were from, would even need to move their arms and legs, I don't know. But they were. And it looked very human-like, the way that their arms were bending and their legs were moving. But the fact that they didn't, they didn't need to dodge, duck, or dive, like from dodgeball, right? The five Ds. They didn't need to do any of that to what was on the ground and the aspen trees that they really did need to, to dodge at some point, and they didn't. And that That's not to say that I didn't see them running th- literally through anything. It's just that they, all of this dodging and going over some of this brushy stuff on the ground, fallen, fallen limbs, fallen trees, they didn't need to do that. And the very fact that they were completely... It looked like a cutout, just like an outline. There was no, there was no f- indication of hair or fur or anything breaking that outline. It was like just four cutouts from the deepest, darkest, most starless night you can find. And they're just running in the woods. And it, it was bright sunshine. And somehow the light really never touched them at all. But it was flooding the forest. And this uh, part of Utah... Yes, there were aspen trees, but this is not like going to uh, Gifford Pinchot in Washington State, you know, where you get in this canopy and it's it's dark and, and gloomy and misty. It was very bright in, in those woods. So it was, I saw them very clearly. I wish it was Bigfoot. That would have been amazing. Have you spoken to other people who have seen similar, uh, quote unquote, shadow people being things? A lot. A lot, okay, because uh, that's not my world. So I'm, I, I, I am un, unbaptized in all this sort of stuff. So um, it's an honest question. Like, so how, how frequently like, do people see these things, like shadow folks around and whatnot? The unfortunate thing is, I think that most people would categorize this as unfortunate. Unfortunately, a lot of people see them in their own homes, and I think that is another difference in mine. Not only did they not interact, but I got to leave where I saw them and go back to the cabin. Now, granted, I was freaked out, didn't go riding for a few days, but I didn't wake up and then one of these things is standing at the end of my bed. Like, why are you here? This is a violation. You're in my home. And I'm sure that some people feel that same way about ghosts or anything else that might be inhabiting their space when they're not supposed to, Um, especially if it's happening to their their children. I've had people come on and go, well, I have these experiences and then my kids have these experiences. And then when they start talking about what their kids are going through, they get kind of ticked off and they're going, listen, you, you bring that focus on me, but leave the kiddos out of it. So yes, there is a lot. And then there's other subcategories like the hat man. You know, it's the same thing. Uh, he's pitch black, but he's got this cloak on and this big brimmed hat. And he's seen a lot of times in people's homes too. And it's, I mean, I say it's funny, but it's not. A lot of times people will 
just know that something is like in the basement or in their closet. And these damn things, I swear, they really do seem to enjoy dark hallways and closets. It's like they know exactly how to mess with you. And and not to get too weird right off the bat, but you know, something that that Keel a lot of times would say is that every all of this is connected anyway. So you guys can just all calm down because you know he's he felt like he had that figured out, right? So I I mean I don't know what to think about that. Well, I love that you don't want to get too weird off the bat because that means we're warming up to something. Just warning everybody. Is it a top hat people are seeing him wear? Like, what's the hat look like? It's, uh, have you ever, okay, so a lot of people liken it to, there's an old TV show, it's called The Shadow. Uh, I guess it was, a, it used to be, and I hope I'm not, if I get this wrong, everybody, I'm so sorry, I'll get, I'll get the messages later, but I believe it was a book or a comic book, and then it got turned into a TV show, and supposedly, the guy, because I'm sure you guys have heard of thought forms, you know, if you think about something enough, it, it will manifest. Well, supposedly this gentleman that created this, this character, the shadow, had thought about it so, so much and so hard and so long that he essentially brought it into the world. And people will say the same thing about Slenderman, right? Uh, the old creepypasta character. But the hat is, it's one of the widest it's a perfectly circular flat brim very large brimmed hat and the in the top of the hat just goes straight up and then straight across um but he's always seen with this hat and oh, like a hasidic jew kind of actually yeah yeah i think it would be close to that yeah absolutely okay yeah i saw a shadow person one time i lived in this house for a long time people people always said they told me it was haunted and i was like no it's not no it's not then uh, when I was moving out after years living there, I was actually unloading my shotgun and I was facing like my 12 o'clock. And at my three o'clock, we had a, because it was, it was a draft. The house was built in like 1880 or something. So it was real drafty and cold. So we had a big quilt hanging over this double wide doorway that goes from the kitchen to the living room. And it was a sunny day out. And I just see this, I see this moving on the side of my corner of my eye. And I, I kind of turn my head to look. And as I do the blanket lifts up and this like shadow just walked through, walked through. And I was pretty, pretty blown away. Like, uh, I was just like, what the hell? And I ran out there and I, and I had this big hundred something pound pit bull and I'm like, get him, sick him. And he went running out and we went running out there. And then the guy next door was out back washing his, uh, boat, cleaning out his motor and stuff. And I said, did you, did you? and I'm looking around because I like, where, like, where did they go? Because there's nowhere to go. Well, did someone just come out the door? He goes, no, no one came out. And I thought, oh, they're in the, they must went in the bathroom and hid in the, in the bathroom closet or something. So I ran back in. I was running all around. He's like, what did it look like? I'm like, it was just a black shadow. And I'd never even heard of shadow people at that point. I told a couple of people, like, oh, it's a shadow person. I'm like, I guess that's what it was. And now, did your dog react? Did your dog see it? Well, he, he lived there. So, like, if they were there the whole time, he was used to him. Right. Yeah, I don't know what to make of them. Uh, some of them are highly interactive, and then others are like mine. And I just feel like I saw just a, like a little movie reel playing that maybe I wasn't supposed to see. And at 12 years old, that must, uh, I mean, obviously it made a huge impression because here you are. Yeah. And I, you know, I started collecting 
stories. And I, I think I actually came across that little piece of paper, everybody's horrible handwriting when, when you're young and you can barely read it. Well, not that mine's changed much, but it, just trying to collect all the stories I could. And then, you know, I got on with uh, with Wes. He invited me on as a co-host for a little while. And and then when I, I left that, I, I just thought, you know, I'd, I think I'd really like to do multi-topic with with what this interview process. I think I'd like to talk to people that have experienced anything and everything. And it, it's, it's been great. I mean, I'm, I'm so lucky with the people that have, have elected to tell me their stories. Stay tuned for more Bigfoot and beyond with Cliff and Bobo. We'll be right back after these messages. Sonidos of our music. Sonidos of our voices. Sonidos of our stories. Listen to the sounds and voices of Latin music and culture with Pandora stations like RMX, La Vida en Pop, El Pulso and Satellites, and podcasts like Ruby Rosa and more. From music to stories, all that we are is in the sonidos of our culture. Listen now on Pandora. You gra- so you gravitate towards Bigfoot more than other things. Is that, is that what I gathered from what we said a little while ago? Um, even though it wasn't necessarily a Bigfoot that started this whole uh, journey off for you. Yeah, and I, I don't know why that is exactly. And I, I've been asked the question, well, what got you into Bigfoot specifically? And honestly, I cannot. I do not remember. I don't re- It wasn't because some people have like, I think like Lyles is a legend of Boggy Creek, you know, like somebody has like a movie or a, a sighting, of course, or something um, um, more dramatic like that. I, I don't even know what, what got the bug, the Bigfoot bug bit me. I don't know how that happened, but, but yeah, that's absolutely hundred percent my, my favorite thing. Are there any topics that you won't touch? Uh, probably not. I'm not a big conspiracy person. And of course, that's kind of funny because we do talk, I mean, some people consider Bigfoot a conspiracy, right? But I'm just talking about like the heavier conspiracies. I probably wouldn't really be interested in covering too much of that on the show. Yeah, I have no interest in conspiracies at all. I've always thought that people who are interested in conspira- government conspiracies, conspiracies have far more faith in the government than I do, that they can keep, keep their act together like that, you know? I was uh, talking to a guy today, actually, uh, Pete Travers, um, but well, he says hello. So he was in the shop today. We were talking about the the film and TV and movie industry and stuff and about how, um, you know, like uh, everybody looks at towards that sort of industry and thinks, oh, they must have it all together. But they're just kind of faking it like everybody else. You know, like uh, these big productions and stuff are just kind of going by the seat of their pants and getting stuff done and it all works out. You know, TV is the same way. It just I can't believe it actually works at the end of the day because it's such a mess. It is behind the scenes at times, um, and I think I just assume government and everything else, corporations, all this stuff is all the same as far as I can tell. But I can I wouldn't go to the conspiracy direction either, for that very very reason. People have far too much faith in things that they don't understand. So um, you saw these shadow folks. What other sort of um, experiences have you personally have over the years that perhaps stand out more than others? So I'm lucky enough to have things that could be Bigfoot. And I say could be because I didn't say, I, I, I cannot say that I saw what was creating these noises, but it it was especially one of them was cool enough for me to, that was kind of, I mean, I was always in a Bigfoot and I really had a feeling like they could be out there. But when this happened, I was like, okay, 
now I really that just lit the fire completely. So it was uh, back in 2014 at Salt Fork State Park, which I know half of everyone listening or maybe three quarters are going to roll their eyes very hard at that. But this did happen at Salt Fork, and there's a reason they have a place called Bigfoot Ridge there, and it's because they have been sighted at Salt Fork. Sorry, guys. Um, so out there at the primitive campground, aka Bigfoot Ridge, and we're setting up camp, and then another guy pulls in and this beat up old van and he's got all this stuff he's unloading. And I was a little bit like, darn it, I kind of wanted to be out here, you know, kind of alone so I could poke around and, you know, do whatever I was going to do. And I'm kind of staring at the dirt at one point and he comes over and he's like, hey, what you, what you got going on over here? I was like, oh, I'm just you know, looking around, you know, you can't just throw out the word big foot right away or at all, it, depending on the vibes you get from someone. And I said, well, what do you, you got a lot of gear over there. What do you, how long are you staying? He goes, well, I mean, just through the weekend. I'm like, man, that's a lot of stuff. And he's like, yeah, I study uh, animal migration patterns, he says. And I go, are you here for Bigfoot? And he's like, yeah. You know, and it's that whole kinship. I was like, yeah, man, Bigfoot, hell yeah. So he ends up with this incredible encounter from three months prior. He lives four hours from Salt Fork State Park and he drives every weekend to come back out because of this sighting. The sighting happened with a friend of his and the sighting was within, it was back on one of the service roads right behind our campsite. And it was right across this very, really small service road. So I'd say the sighting they were sitting across from was, um, he says he thinks it was a male and a female within eight feet at nine feet max because we went to the very spot and and anyway the, he he got he got the there's two sides to a siding right there's uh, we were talking a little bit before we started um right cliff about uh, some people just never go in the woods again well his friend she'll never go in the woods again he told me that and she he goes yeah i've invited her out she'll never come back out but he obviously is the other end of the spectrum. He's coming out every weekend, doesn't have a lot of money. I mean, the van looked like it was about to blow up and he's coming four hours every weekend out here. Says his wife wasn't too happy about it, but at that point he wasn't, he, he had his priorities. So we end up that night going a little bit further back on that very service road. And we were just talking and chatting and not really doing a whole lot of any whoops or knocks or anything like that. And then it's funny because I'll always preface this by saying, like, this is very Finding Bigfoot-esque because you guys would always try different things on the show. And I always say it like this. I said, this is very Finding Bigfoot-esque. He took a glow stick, cracked it, tied it to a string, and then he started to swing it around. And it made this really cool noise, like on Crocodile Dundee, that whirring noise. And we would take turns doing this. And it's super late at this point. I think it's between midnight and one, maybe one thirty. Nothing was going down. Nothing. Hadn't heard a thing. And if you've been out to Salt Fork, the terrain changes quite a bit within the park. But compared to Utah, the ground brush out there is brutal. Like you'd need a machete to get through most of that place if it's not already cleared out a little bit. And at some point, it's a break in between the whirring, and I'm standing at this service road. Again, not a big service road. There's brush on each side of us, and it's just us out there, the three of us. There's three people. And all of a sudden, from right in front of me, 
at ground level comes this very loud, long, monotone whistle. And it, and to me, I just, it sounded like it had lips and like a massive set of, I don't know how else to say that. And it's hard to impart a sound just by speaking to it. But it, I instantly just went to a crouching position. I don't know why. It just, maybe some kind of a defensive thing because it was so loud and it the, it impressed upon me all of a sudden why we were there and the fact that it really, really, really could be real and nothing else went down. That was kind of everything that, that happened for that weekend. There was some weird stuff with some apples, but you know, as I look back on that more and more, I just think it, it really could have just been some kooky person that maybe came in to screw with the apples or maybe it did fall off the table, but that that's not even worth mentioning. Anyhow, if for people that ever run across that on my blog, they're like, what about the apples? I don't know about that. But the whistle I do 100% know about being strange because of the fact that that brush right in front of us, there's just absolutely no way that's that a person could get into that position without us hearing him. It's it's impossible. And and what he, he's been sitting there for two days because he knew we were coming. It it just it it blew me away. That's strange. Yeah, I've, I've had some good experiences in Salt Fork. I heard like one of the top three best screams I ever heard right at Sasquatch Hill. We were right below there. We got a flat tire and it was just getting dark, and we were changing the tire, and all of a sudden we just get this wow, like just unbelievably loud and forceful and long, just high pitched scream that went into like a growl at the end. It was just. It was amazing. We're like, God, we're or Sasquatch knob, they call it, or Bigfoot knob or something. You know what I'm talking about? Bigfoot Ridge? Well, there's Bigfoot Ridge is the campground. And then, oh, oh, there's another one. Yeah, Bigfoot Hill, whatever. Or Sasquatch, no, the knob, the knob, Bigfoot knob or something, Sasquatch knob. Yeah, it came right off the top of that knob, and it's right off the main the main road. I mean, it's, it's right there. And then we went uh, – the park let us go into a closed park you had to go through lock gates to get there and we camped way out where there's no one around it's a huge park was it like forty five thousand acres or something or thirty thousand or something like, it's something giant and we were at a we were miles from where anyone else was and we got we got uh they came knock they i was doing some calls and they we heard some whistles then we got knocks then we got knocks and whistles and they went on both sides of us and they they were going to uh, whatever like north to south and they just kind of split into two sides and went went around us, one on each side, and kept knocking the whole way around us and back off into the woods. We never saw them on Therm, though. Well, there's a reason the place has uh, that that park is associated with uh, Sasquatches. It's because it's earned it. There, there, there's a group of them in the area, and I don't think uh, no matter how popular the the park becomes with Bigfooters, I don't think it's ever going to chase them out. They don't care about what we do. No, but that, that but they still re, that the crazy thing is they still react. Like, I mean, out where we go, like where I go all the time, they really react to calls or people out there anymore. You know, like they're just so used to it. But I mean, Salt Fork, there's nowhere, there's nowhere with more people squatching than Salt Fork, and it still produces. What about Bluff Creek? I'm going to challenge that with the with Bluff Creek. What do you think about that, Bobs? No way. Because you can go to Bluff Creek and see no one else there. You go to Salt Fork, there are people squatching there. There's multiple camps of people that aren't together every week. Okay, I'll give you that. I've certainly been to Bluff Creek enough and not seen anybody. So, I mean, would you would you liken it the same though, Cliff? To where, you know, you hear people and why I mentioned the rolling of the eyes because 
you'll see online somebody say, oh, of course you heard a call at Salt Fork. It was just Bigfooters calling to Bigfooters. And that very well may be the case in, in some in some instances, but I know that there are legitimate things that have been seen and heard out there that are not Bigfooters v. Bigfooters. Is the same thing sometimes going on at Bluff Creek that I would imagine that would be quite a bit more of a you know far out place to get to, so maybe it wouldn't happen as often. It, there's no way it happens. Like Salt Fork, we we ran into people in Salt Fork when I was out there like three or four times. We had to get away from people that were out there doing calls and stuff. Yeah, nowadays I, w- I would be concerned about any call I hear out at in Bluff Creek at say Louse Camp or the film site because the area has been a little uh, used, really, really heavily used in the last say five or six years, I'd say. But um, I don't tend to go to those places when I'm out at Bluff Creek. Not that I've been, I haven't been to Bluff Creek in a few years, to be fair though. So I'm not sure what it's looking like nowadays. It definitely sees people. It definitely sees people. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, those the, some of the, the folks in the Bluff Creek project were there probably three or four times this summer, you know, and they're always bringing people out and showing people things and stuff out there. So I would I would be concerned about some of the more popular spots in Bluff Creek um, if I heard something and I hadn't scouted the area thoroughly. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's only two roads. There's two roads in and out, so you kind and you can hear cars coming, and you know, I mean, it's it's you'll know someone if you're paying attention and you. And you cruise around a little bit, like drive up and down the road each way. You'll know if there's anyone there or not. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. It sounds like at Bluff Creek, they kind of need the the dude from the movie, Willow Creek. He's like, you do, y'all just need to turn the cameras off and and turn right the heck around and see you later. You know, just, just clear some folks out for you guys. Have you been there, Shannon? I have not. And actually, uh, Kip is always trying to get me to go out and and do all these fun things and I'm usually not able to do so and I I really need to get out there. Let yeah, I me mean, know. I live I live pretty close if you ever come out. I would love that. I I'm going to take you up on that. You better watch it. Yeah, I'll drive out there. Yeah, probably a 12-hour drive for you or something. It's not that far. Yeah, I I'll drive out there. Yeah, come out this fall. We'll go out there. Okay. October's coming. It's a good time of year out there too. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm serious. I'll do that too. That would be incredible. Yeah. He you know, I was going to ask you, Shannon, what's the uh, strangest cryptid thing or paranormal, not just like a ghost, but like, a, you know, something physical, like an animal kind of thing. What's the weirdest one you've heard about that you believe? And then also what's the weirdest thing, strangest thing that you thought was unbelievable at first, but you heard it again from somebody else. Like you, you got, like you heard it again, not just one off. Yeah, one at a time now. The, the weirdest thing that you think is real that you've heard. Wow. Okay, those are good questions. Good work. Okay. Um, one of the weirdest things I think I've heard on the show, and I've there's an author, John Olson, out of Utah that's come on several times, and he's discussed people that have shared stories with him, and then I've had separate people email me or contact me wherever, and they come on and tell a story directly from their mouth is, I guess you call them trolls or little people that live out in the woods. Uh, They live amongst, they especially seem to enjoy boulder fields from the sounds of it. And one particular story, there's a dude that was supposed to go camping with some friends. They ditched him. He went anyway. And he eventually ends up seeing essentially a, a little person. And we're talking very, very little. Uh, probably two feet, 
somewhere two feet, two feet, three feet range, something like that. Very small. And I believe this one was, was clothed a lot of times. They are just completely nude. Uh, which I don't know which one is more disturbing. The fact that they can, they'll just, it's so real that they make tiny little clothes and suspenders and things, or the fact that they're just running around, just, hey, here, here I am. But anyhow, he had seen this thing. And of course, he's, he's kind of going, I'm not seeing this. This is the freakiest thing. What is going on? Until he, you know, he goes to sleep. He's like, I'm just going to, maybe I'm tired. I don't know what's, what's going on, but I'm going to go to bed. And he's, he's reading a book, he falls asleep, and he's sleeping out in the open at this campsite. And he ends up waking up in the morning, and the little homie is reading his book. Uh, he's, he sees it holding the book on the log that he saw it the night before when he's trying to say, I'm not seeing this, I'm going to bed. And little dude is holding the book, and that meant, of course, that at some point this little man had come in very close to him and grabbed the book and then proceeded to, if he could read, I don't know, but was partaking of his book on this log. So, and of course he he left pretty quickly after that. So yeah, I think that's something that it, it is far-fetched, but I've had so many people come on and talk about seeing these things and John's had people come to him and he's, he's going, these are these are upstanding folks. They have no reason to come up with these stories. They don't, in fact, they didn't even want to have their names printed in the book at all. And, you know, the argument could go either way for that, I realize, as far as anonymity goes. But to me, sometimes if someone is anonymous or chooses to be, it adds more credibility in a way. It, it depends. But anyway, sorry, sidetrack. If you know their name or the researcher knows their name and then chooses, they don't want their name out there, that could go either way. And I, I do tend to think that uh, people who are not seeking attention um, can be more credible. Yeah. See? Yeah. That's how I feel a lot of times about that. People are like, well, why? that They're full of it. They're not sharing their name. I'm like, well, honestly, sometimes that adds more credibility to them because they're not, they're not seeking attention. You don't even know who they are. So, yeah. Those little people. I had that... But we've had other experiences where these little people would look a little different. And maybe this goes to the second part of the question where somebody saw kind of this lanky, uh, almost like one of those crawler creatures crawling out of a boulder. And this definitely didn't have any clothes on in it. It was it. It seemed more something that would live subterranean or something like a skinny little hadle from the descent, something like that. What's a hadle? So the hadles are uh, fictional, hopefully fictional, because they're quite terrifying. Uh, they're humanoid-shaped figures that are, uh, they live in, in caves, deep dark, in, in places that people should not go. I don't know why people go spelunking, uh, but that's another sidetrack of mine. I was thinking that just yesterday, oddly enough. Like, what in the world draws somebody? And I'm sorry, but but wow. Anyway, but yeah, what in the world's that about? And they think I'm weird. Why do you go in these places? No, stop. Have you no? The mm -mm. look up the Nutty Putty Cave and see see what happened there. The Nutter Butter Cave. Yeah, yeah, Nutter Butters. Those are dangerous. I love those. Just plow right through a package of those. Yeah, so. <laughs> Have you have you had people report things out of caves? Not as much as I would like, because in fact, I just did a whole patron thing, right, with the subterranean subject. Because I'm the whole uh, the descent by Jeff Jeff Long is my favorite book on the planet. 
It is horrifying and amazing and very original. And there's a Descent movie, The Descent, and that's, you know, the Hadels or the Creatures in Jeff Long's book. And then the guys from The Descent movie claim, we never heard of The Descent by Jeff Long, which is insane because it's literally the exact same thing. Anyway, I would love to think that all these weird videos that come out of these little, you know, you see the peeker guy in the sewer, and I think all of that is CGI or just some dude down there for the purposes of the YouTube clicks, unfortunately. Um, I I would like more stuff to come out of caves. But anyway, yeah, so, hey, I, I don't even know if I answered your question about Hades, but yeah, they're just a humanoid creature that lives under underground, and they're completely blind, and they, they would... Uh, come out at some point essentially in the movie they would come out anyway to hunt animals and drag them back down underground to feed the kiddos they're kind of like chuds the cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers yeah 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 exactly (laughs) stay tuned for more bigfoot and beyond with cliff and bobo we'll be right back after these messages I'm I'm a little concerned now because I don't know if your answer. I know you answered Bobo's question, what those things are, but was this an answer to the to Bobo's second question? Something that you thought was kind of BS, and but now more people are reporting, and now you think there might be something to it because I don't want those to be real. Oh gosh, if those were real, then I'd really be screaming about caves. Oh my gosh, no. Okay, good. Thank goodness, no. So something that I thought was BS, but now I think is real. You know what? I don't think that there is something that I could peg for that, to be honest with you. That is a good question, though. What about Dogman? Okay, yeah. So I, I, I will say, I'm, I won't say that I've ever thought it's complete BS, but I have, I have a tough time with Dogman. I have a really tough time with that one. And that's not to say that I don't believe the people that have come on my show. I have a, I have a few people, and I just have, I have a very tough time seeing as how that thing is out there breeding and being this angry, real pissy dude. And he, you know, they don't seem to care if people see them and they're very forward with their actions and their interactions with people. I just feel like maybe more people should be seeing them. And yeah, anyway, so yeah, dog man, I got a tough time with dog man. I'm not saying it's total BS and, this it negates everything I've ever covered on the show for Dogman because those people saw something, right? But what and they believe that they saw that. Well, it couldn't be like a nat- I don't think it could. Be, I don't think there's any way it's a naturally occurring evolved animal like in the fossil record. I think I think people are seeing these things, but I think it's paranormal, just weird, weird stuff that we don't we can't really comprehend yet. Yeah, and maybe if thought forms can occur, and maybe if a thought form could occur. That would be a powerful person or persons, I have to say, to bring something like that out into the world. That would be pretty insane. But I just feel like there would be a whole lot more of really demented, mutilated-looking things running around, right? If thought forms were that powerful of a thing. On thought forms, is it that I, I, I was under the impression that a thought form was that you had to be thinking about it to see it, but but it's that enough people think about it and someone that's never even thought about it or even knows about it, they could see it, it could manifest in front of them even though they don't never thought about it. I think that it is more of an active thought process, but I 
I do think that I think the the story behind the the Slender Man possibly coming to life from the creepy pasta, which is fictional, is the fact that there are all these people not sitting down and going, I'm going to bring this into existence. They just happen to be like it was just a hot item for the month or the year, what however long that was, you know, hitting the the social media waves and all of that. The thought was that that many people sitting and reading about it and talking about it and oh, Slender Man, this and that. And then you had the the horrible tragedy that happened with those young girls, that probably, you know, that catapulted it even more. And then that was, well, maybe, maybe everybody brought it into existence by talking about it that much. See, if that's true, though, then I'd have a Bigfoot walking right in my backyard right now because I'm like, how much more can I talk about Bigfoot? And and he's just very, he's extra elusive to me. But yeah, that's that's kind of the thought there on uh, the thought on thought forms. That's very original, Shannon. Yeah. Huh. The thought on thought forms, kind of a meta, meta thought form. Yeah. Yeah, the dog man thing. I, I think that there would be, yeah, there's something going on. I say it all the time because Bobo loves a dog man thing. And we, I know two witnesses that I believe saw something super weird. Um, but it seems to me that if they're around all the time and weren't some sort of really, truly strange, quote unquote, paranormal thing that is rare and elusive and usually not present, I think there'd be just so much more evidence. Um, you know, if these things are being seen and I don't know, places where, say, other large carnivores are not, we would be seeing evidence of their wanton destruction, you know, through the cattle herds and whatnot and the sheep herds. But that's just not the case. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about those things. So I tend to not think about those things. Because, uh, it, again, if those things are real and walking around, that would, first of all, fundamentally change camping for me. Okay? And then uh, second of all, it's like, well, what can I do about it anyway? You know? So I'll just focus on the giant ape men. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely with you on that because I've had several folks as I mentioned that have come on and I they definitely 100% believe and know that that is what they saw and it uh, and in every case though it was not it was not this like oh I saw it in the woodlawn and it was so cool and I knew it was a dog man and I'm so happy I saw it it was that was horrible and it's always this feeling of dread well not always let me walk that back. A lot of times Dogman instills a feeling of dread on the witness and it's a feeling of pure evil. I've heard it called that, uh, which I'm sure all of us might feel that way if we were looking at one of those, like really, really real in real life. Um, But, you know, people like uh, Dogman on Temple Road episode, The Judge. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, he, his story is just, holy smokes. That's the one, like, that's the one I, I've had a lot of people listen to that when they go, Oh, there's nothing to it. I said, there's something to it. Listen to this podcast with this guy and tell me there's nothing to it. This guy's a judge cliff. Thou shall not judge. And he saw him when he was 18 and he's, he uses his name and he goes, yeah, he's all not, a, you know, he's, he's an elected, he's like a elected judge, you know, not appointed. Like, so he has to go in front of the voters and, explain that what he saw and i guess there's enough people in that area it's like a small area there's enough it's rural i guess enough people have heard about it that that he doesn't seem crazy i was doing some radio show i think it might even coast to coast i was doing some some radio show i don't remember what it was 
And um, we had a call-in session, and you know, we're talking, talking Bigfoot, like I do. And some woman called in, and she was all been out of shape, and not not angry, but just all you know, a flutter, um, because uh, she was describing what she saw, and she clearly saw a dogman. Clearly, and this isn't one of the two witnesses, by the way. This is just some woman that I spoke to on the radio briefly, and um, and she was all upset because she had seen this thing and wanted to call into the Bigfoot dude to tell her to tell me what she saw. And um, and she was upset. She was like crying, if I remember right. And I, I think her final question is, "What what are you going to do about this?" Oh yeah. I say, well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what what can I do about that? <laughs> How is this my fault now? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel guilty about all sorts of things that I didn't do, but not this one. Not this one. Even I am mentally healthy enough to not assume guilt for this one. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's like that text guy asking when I, Bobo and I were on a Bigfoot trip back in the day, and we were hanging out with this campground host in um, out in kind of by Cave Junction in that kind of area, and um, his, his name was Tex um, for whatever reason. And he, we talked to him about his Bigfoot encounters for quite a while, and he was very a very impressive witness. And then there was like the, a lull in the conversation, and he turned to us and he goes, "So what are you guys going to do about those UFOs?" I don't know. There's a, like again. How is this my responsibility? And what about the UFOs? And he told us a couple of good sightings he had of those things, and then asked what we're going to do about them. And Bobo, which brings up, what have you done about the UFOs, Bobo? I got. I took care of it. Okay, good, good. Well, I think Texas passed away now. Otherwise, I'd, I'd go let him know that. But I'm glad to know somebody's on it. Oh, Shannon, what have you done about the UFOs? Kind of a lot, right? Have you seen one? I did, you know, I uh, technically I did. I did see one. We were out at Dolly Sods Wilderness, if I could talk, and in uh, West Virginia. And I did. I saw one, and it it was traveling extremely fast. It was very, very far away, and it is actually captured on film in on the trail UFOs dark sky. Yeah, you get a little bit of that moment. Yeah, and. It's it's pretty cool, right? Like the way it moves. But for me on the UFO subject, I I would love to say that most all of these are little gray dudes or even, you know, you brought up reptilians. Bring them all in and have them all fly the ships. I would love that. I would like to think that. But for me, I think it's the exact opposite. I think that a very tiny, tiny, tiny amount would be able to be classified even close to maybe off planet and the rest is all ours like military stuff yeah i think we're capable of a whole lot of things we're we're pretty bright i mean some of us um not all 100 percent of the time but a lot of the things that folks were writing about in books or comic books i mean many, many, many years ago have come to fruition. And back then, that was just crazy talk. It was pipe dreams. Like, that's never, what are you even saying right now? And we're there. So, and who knows when that was actually not only just conceived, but produced, let alone then here's for the public consumption. Here's for, here's for you folks to actually see this in action. So, yeah, I, I love the idea of we're not alone in the universe. I think that, and maybe that's why I don't do a whole lot of the UFO subject on my show 
is because for me, I'm like, of course we're not alone. Of course. How in the world could we be alone in all of this space and this entire universe? And I do feel like there are other things out there. Well, that position is uh, the epitome of hubris in a way that this is it, that we're the only ones. Like, this is the best the universe can do. 13 and a half billion years, and this is the best we can do. (laughs) Yeah. No, I live in a far more interesting universe than that. Yeah. Yeah, and and who could blame the Bigfoot for wanting nothing to do with the hairless ones, you know? Because look at us. We're just bumbling silly gooses out here and just trying trying to get along. We're not even trying that hard to get along. That's the thing, you know? Yeah, I think the the, the manifestation of our technology um, going back to the comic book days of the 30s and 40s and seeing reality reflect art in that sort of way is, uh, is a testament to perhaps the um, inertia, the momentum behind um, group consciousness in a way. Um, imagine what would happen if we, you know, worked together for something good. It wouldn't, wouldn't take but a few years to see some real results on that one. But that's probably an optimistic hippie cliff talking. So, no, that's exactly what needs to happen. Will it? I I don't know. Bigfoot will bring us all together. They need to. Hey Shannon, what? So with the small town monsters, I'm sure most people are familiar with that because that's that's mine and Cliff's favorite production company for these kind of things. What what? Uh, how many of those have you been on, and which subjects did you cover? So it's mostly the UFO subject. Uh, and I've already told Seth it's time to do other things. Wink, wink. Um, but not that I haven't loved the productions, and and they're really more more my family now than my, than my friends. But I love going on those trips, and we talk to some incredible people uh, during them. But so there's uh, three on the trail of UFOs seasons out there, and then I was part of on the trail of Bigfoot as well. And of course, that was my. That was my favorite part, but um, you went to Washington, right? On the trail, uh, on the trail of was we actually were. I I didn't go on that trip, unfortunately. I was invited. I could not make it. Uh, we were in uh, West Virginia uh, area for for that, so it, it wasn't the most recent one. And I was. It was actually there's two different ones. There's one titled the Legend, and then one titled the Search. Um, and yeah, so those are Bigfoot centric. If anyone's looking for more Bigfoot docs to consume, I don't know that those are still free up on there. I haven't looked in a while, but yeah, it's been heavy UFO stuff. But I think Seth and I might be looking to do other things here shortly, so that's exciting. What do you what do you what do you look like uh, looking to do? Um, I don't know if I can say, but it is cryptid related. Do they fly? Maybe. <laughs> So Shannon, like, so you, we've talked about the UFO thing. We've talked about a little bit of Dogman stuff. We've talked about some of the weirder aspects and some Bigfoot things. There's a whole avenue of this paranormal world thing that I cannot figure out why people look into it at all. And I want to know what your experiences in this are or have been. Um, and it's that whole demon thing. Demon and malevolent spirits. If I don't know if there's a difference between those two things or not, because I'm not versed in that, and I could, I don't want to be, and I, I just cannot figure out for the life of me why people go poking and prodding under those rocks. It seems like a really good way to like to get bit, essentially. So, have you ever played around with that kind of stuff? And if so, why? I have not, not personally, not intentionally, anyway. Not intentionally. Well, that sounds like an interesting uh, lead into something. Yeah, well, yeah. So I've I have been to locations 
Well, probably specifically one location. That would be considered uh, very dark. And it's nothing... I guess I'm kind of getting off track, but not not maybe really in some people's eyes because of what happened at this place. So at Fo- I went to Fox Hollow Farm. Fox Hollow Farm. I don't know what that is. So that's a, a, a beautiful house and property in Indiana. And a man by the name of Herb Baumeister was married with two children, but he would send his wife and kids away on the weekend and go to the gay bars down in Indianapolis. And he would troll the bars and bring home a young man and this house is gorgeous. Massive home. It's got an indoor pool at the ground level. And he would bring them home and drug them and he would strangle them in the pool and he buried them on his own property. In fact, one of his sons or one of his children, I don't know if he has two sons, but one of his children found a skull one day that he, it wasn't even, it was buried literally right off the back porch. Not very well, obviously. And I guess the wife's husband was in the medical field where he would have access to skeletons. And he said, oh, that's just grandpa's, one of his skulls. Give me that. Well, he ended up killing and burying several of these young men right on the property. And it is supposed to be rife with paranormal activity. Uh, People like Richard Estep have been out there. I mean, Ghost Adventures has gone out to that that property and filmed and many people have had experiences there and I had the opportunity to go and I was actually by myself and I stayed at the property for uh, two days two nights and I slept down in the there's an attached pool room uh with with a place for me to, to I just slept down there and where all this stuff had gone down, right? Essentially right next to the pool. I could see the pool through the glass doors. And, you know, I, I tried my hardest and maybe it was because I was by myself and it needed more energy of more people to, to help manifest these supposed paranormal activities. But, you know, one has to wonder if a place like that has that much darkness and death and, and suffering, you know, it, are you opening yourself up just to whoever you th- do you think that is Herb or some of his victims, or do you think that this is something darker pretending to be them? Uh, I don't know, but I do know that the D word gets thrown around a lot and probably a lot more than it should. Uh, whereas I just think that if someone is a, an a hole in life, probably going to be an a hole in death. And if they have the energy and the wherewithal to stick around and screw with you, they're probably still going to be that a-hole. So I think that a lot of times, and that's not to say that people can't call something that dark in. I do think that they can. I've had John Paul Capice on several times on my show, and he has a master's in theological studies, essentially what most people would consider demonologist, essentially. And he's had experiences himself. Actually, he's going to be coming on at some point here shortly to talk about the first time recently, this is quite recent, that he came across a woman that he truly 100% feels was possessed by a demon. And that's not something that he says lightly. That's for sure. I've known him for uh, many years now. And just, I think, knowing that people are out here, they're drawing things on the ground or saying chants or lighting candles or doing whatever they're doing. They're casting spells. 
yeah, I don't know why you'd want to do that. I don't know what the draw is for that, to be honest with you. Because uh, I, I think life can be hard enough anyway. Why add demons into the mix? Exactly my thought. And you know, you said something that I thought was interesting a, a few sentences back. You said um, something about uh, these things perhaps pretending to be something else. Or something to that effect. I don't remember the exact words. I wish I did. And I, I'm right there with you on that stuff. I think a lot of these people who um, are, are kind of part of the, the Bigfoot religion cult in a lot of ways, um, who hear them talking in their heads and they're getting secret messages and, oh, Cliff will never understand. He's con- spiritually constipated, as they said, um, and all this other stuff. I think, that, you know what? I think you might be being fooled by something bigger and, and more beyond in the sort of Bigfoot and beyond sort of terminology than uh, you might think. Um, that's just my take on it. Maybe I'm dead wrong and Bigfoots are the forest friend protectors who are here to save humanity. Doesn't seem like it to me, but maybe that's the case. Um, but I don't know. I just, I think that they're more than happy to, oh, these, these things think I'm a Bigfoot. Let's roll with it. You know, why wouldn't they, you know? I love that you said that. I, because that's, I really, the more and more I talk about this stuff, that is, that is how I feel about this. I feel like it is two very different phenomena inhabiting the same space. One is obviously sentient, the Bigfoot, but, and I've had the experience with four other people of seeing an orb while out Bigfooting. And honestly, it kind of ticked me off (laughs) at the, at that time, you know, like, are you freaking serious right now? But it's still cool to see, but I was a little ticked off about it. But if those things are also sentient, why couldn't it do what you just said? Why couldn't it choose to mimic what? I, oh, look at these these hairless things. They they really like those hairy things. I'm gonna, I can do that. I can make this happen, and and look what the the hairless things do in in reaction to that. Yeah, like whatever doesn't scare you, dude. That's cool. You think I'm a Sasquatch? Go for it. Sure, I'm a Sasquatch. Or or whatever does scare you. Well, depending on their goal, perhaps. Right. 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 See, and that if they are powerful enough to do these sorts of things, you know, that would explain things like tracks just stopping. I know that's a big one for people when they say, well, explain the tracks that just stop in the middle of a grove of trees or whatever, you know, the example is. Well, if, and I understand we're explaining one thing with another. I totally get that. It's all just conjecture. All of this is, it's all we we have right now is just to chat about it. But that if you have two different beings, why couldn't that be the case? Yeah, I think people are playing with fire when they go out there and try to contact the the um, incorporeal intelligences that they think are Sasquatches. No, nah, man, Bigfoots are big old ape men's and you you can smell them. You know, they're there. It's they're like there. paranormal noodling. You're reaching in, trying to get a catfish, <laughs> but you're probably going to get a 100-pound snapping turtle. <laughs> I love it. Paranormal noodling. That is fantastic. Yeah, you're always coming up with these great sayings. Like on ITF, he said, uh, it's not paranormal, it's pre-normal, because it's just not normal yet. I'm like, that is, I love that. Yes, it's genius. Paranormal noodling. There's another one. That's a new hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Well, Shannon, it looks like we're kind of running out of time here, but um, if you can stick around a little bit, we'd like to speak to you on our uh, membership section, Beyond Bigfoot and Beyond, that we're going to be start releasing in October. Um, but I want to thank you so much for coming on with Bobo and I and having a great conversation and I really enjoyed it. And if there's anything we, I think I'm going to speak for Bobo here. If there's anything either of us can do for you, just please let us know. Don't speak for me. I, won't, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Not for her. 
Shannon, she seems cool, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm sketchy. You don't know. <laughs> no, thank you, guys. Thank you, and I'll be seeing you when we go out to Bluff Creek sometime this fall. Heck yeah, man. I'll, I'll get in the Dodge and come out. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> oh, man, it, it is a good time. I've been to Bluff with Bob several times. And for um, what, so where can people listen to you and learn more about what you're doing and all that sort of stuff? It's time to plug your stuff. What's going on? So IntoTheFrayRadio.com is homepage and home base for Into the Fray. Of course, uh, free episodes every Thursday night at 7 p.m. PST, any podcatcher, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And then I'm on all the usual social media outlets. Yeah. Uh, thank you for doing such a great job on your show because you, 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 you get the info out of people. I, I love that. You got to get them under the spotlight, you know, get the, get the sweat rolling down the old brow. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Shannon. Thanks, guys. Bye. That was great, Bubs. All right, folks. There you go. Thank you to Shannon LeGroix. Check out her show at Into the Fray Radio. Um, it's a great podcast. I recommend it. And until next week, y'all keep it squatchy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond, that's an N in the middle, and tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond. 